What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. I'm Howard Bender. With me, of course, is Adam Ronis. How's the day going for you today? Uh, pretty good. Got a lot done. Uh, obviously, it's a slow time in sports right now, but working on my NBA futures piece. That'll be, obviously, when people are listening to this on Wednesday, it'll be out on PicksWise.com. Um, and some baseball, continue to do some baseball prep. Uh, been updating my rankings as well, because uh, we, we put them out preliminary, like, what? I think it was January, right? We first put them out, I think, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm like, all right, I'm sweeping through them. and. Because the one thing that I, I like to do is as I draft, I notice I do things and I go, okay, well, my rankings don't reflect that. This is early. This is January, February. So I adjust accordingly. And obviously, as I do research, I see certain things that stand out and move players up. So I've been doing that. I still have to get through, I think, outfield and pitching. Um, but I know a lot of people are not drafting a ton right now. I know, obviously, some best balls and draft champions leagues, but I'll definitely have them up to date. Uh, through uh, probably by the end of this week. Um, obviously, no spring training, which really hurts, man. I'm going to tell you, the, the lack of spring training to me is a problem uh, because last year, spring training, I used to find guys like Trevor Rogers, right? His velocity was up. And I, the one thing I like to look at in the spring training <clears throat> for pitchers, strikeout to walk ratio. And Rogers was phenomenal last year. So he that put him on my radar. And Carlos Rodon, because when I was doing drafts in January, he wasn't even on my radar, even though he's a guy that I liked for a while, but he's had so many injuries, shoulder, like always something. And then was reading articles about him changing his arm slot, working with the pitching coach. He was throwing in the mid to high 90s in the spring. And again, another guy with the strikeout walkout ratio that was great. I was like, damn, man, you know what? This guy's going in the, you know, arounds at that point, like round 25 and later. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take this guy now. So uh, you can find things in the spring. For sure. And right now, you know, as I'm trying to identify, especially pitchers later, it's more difficult because we don't know the health of certain guys. That's the other factor, too. The spring's going to start. We're going to find out, oh, this guy's hurt. This guy's hurt. Like, wait a second, what? So it is going to make it more challenging this year, for sure, especially those that are doing these early drafts. And I know we both have labor coming up. Our auctions a week from, uh, is yours Friday or Sunday? Mine is Saturday, March 6th. 6th, March 5th, whatever that Saturday is. Yeah, I think mine is uh, that Sunday night. That Sunday, actually. okay. Yeah, mine is Saturday, yours is Sunday. And then three days later, I got Tout Wars on, on March 8th. So it's it's going to be a challenge, but hey, everyone's dealing with the same thing. And uh, we'll, we're going to see such a vast shift in ADPs once an agreement happens and all these free agents start signing. Uh, you're going to see a lot of movement. Uh, for sure. But yeah, it is challenging right now because usually this is when I'm starting to be like spotting, especially pitchers late that I really like. And that's the thing for me last year. I really hit on a lot of pitchers in the mid to late rounds, which is usually where I struggle a little bit because I'm my teams are always strong on offense. And last year I struggled offensively in, in many leagues. Um it was just weird. Like my NFBC uh, main event that I did last year, I started with four bats and my pitching was way better than my offense. I mean, part of it was trout, obviously, um, Eloy Jimenez before took him in the before the spring training injury. So right there, you got your first round pick missing a lot of games, your third round pick basically 
didn't contribute. I mean, I did pick him up off the waiver wire, but by then it was too late. But like had uh, Barrios, Trevor Rogers, Rodon, so like the and Freddie Peralta, so like the pitching really hit. Right. Um, and that's usually not the case for me. It's usually I'm searching for pitchers. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, getting uh, it was a huge advantage last year getting Trevor Rogers, Rodon, Freddie Peralta. I'm sure I'm missing someone else that went late that I really liked. Uh, Robbie Ray was not one of them. Uh, full disclosure, completely off Robbie Ray. I've never been a big fan. I just don't, I don't like pitchers who, you know, I, I watch Robbie Ray a lot and it was always a struggle. He was three and two on every guy. He's got great stuff, but he'd walk guys, he'd get hit hard and he'd give up home runs. Now, to be fair, I probably, I guess part of the reason why, I was, even though he was very cheap last year and I see why people did it. I guess I was taking the other aforementioned pitchers in that range, which is why, you know, I wasn't on them. Um, and then obviously he had the Cy Young award year. It was phenomenal, but that's like the, maybe the second time in his career, we saw him that good. It's just a lot of things broke right. And now he's in the Seattle, but yeah. I mean, how many times are you going to buy into it's just strikeouts? Like that was the only reason that you were drafting Robbie Ray. You weren't drafting Robbie Ray because you thought, ah, oh, Hey, this fucking guy's going to, you know, pop off. He's going to be amazing. You were drafting him because you were like, I need a guy who's going to get me some strikeouts uh, and and let me pair him up with, you know, some middle relievers to kind of keep the ratios down a little bit. And then you just kind of lucked into um, a Cy Young award winning season because he had there was nothing that there was nothing that that Robbie Ray was indicating that that this season was coming. It really yeah. wasn't. And look, yeah, you're right about the strikeouts because he had at least 218 strikeouts in three of the previous four years, excluding 2020, obviously, because not enough innings. Even last year, he still gave up a ton of home runs, 1.54 homers per nine innings. That's not good. And the walks were clearly the outlier. I mean, he had a 6.7% walk rate, never lower than 9% in any full season. Um, the 1.04 whip, no way that repeats. 260 batting average balls in play below his career marker 305, a 90.1% strand rate, which is absolutely insane <laughs> for a starting pitcher. So and now he goes to a new team. So he's a guy that I'm not drafting. I mean, I'm seeing him go in the fifth, sixth round of 15 team leagues. And hey, if he proves me wrong again, good luck um, or good for him or whoever takes him. But there's no way because now you're paying for, you know, what he did last year. And I, I just I need to see him do it again. I mean, his first pitch strike percentage was 61.6 percent. So that was a career best. Um, so he put it together. But. I want to see him do it again. But that was one of the pitchers that was going late. A lot of people took that I was not on. Um, but I so part of it was, like you said, there was really nothing there outside of strikeouts. Um, and I couldn't do it because I'm like, all right, yeah, the strikeouts are great. But look at the whip. You know, he had the 1.15 whip in 2017, which is was his other good season. But I was off on the next season because the walk rate was still too high. It was 10.7% in 2017 when he had that good year. Um, so I want to see him do it again. And maybe he's a little bit better than last year. Again, the underlying numbers show is expected ERA 3.6, FIP 3.69, XFIP 3.36. So that's still a very good pitcher in today's environment, but I need to see the walks uh, again because we've seen this before uh, where he had the good year in 2017 with a 2.89 ERA. And then he couldn't do it the next season. But the walk rate last year was just absolutely insane. So I'm staying away from him because, um, again, the price is too high. But, you know, last year people took him. Obviously, it worked out very well. I, someone in my keeper league was trying to trade him to me. 
for five bucks. And you're like, well, why wouldn't you do it? We only keep five. And I have, I think, better keepers. And he wound up trading them, though, for two high-priced players. Uh, I think it was Goldschmidt and Story, and their salaries are way higher. But, I mean, yeah, $5 for Robbie Ray? Yeah, probably keep him at that price. But when you can only keep five uh, and you have to give up something to get them, I'm not really interested. Yeah, definitely. It <laughs> definitely limits you. And listen, I'm, I'm of the same mindset, right? You know, people who found them last year, uh, you know, happened into it and, you know, and, and power to you. Right. But I, I'm not that guy who, you know, a trades for a guy who's coming off of a career year. Right. Especially if I don't think that he's going to at least plateau. Right. Like I'll, I'll sit there and I'll, I'll use a, I'll use a second round pick on Corbin Burns this year. I like his stuff. I like his arm. And I think that he is capable of pitching at a high level um, on a regular basis, at least for another year or two, um, where I'm perfectly fine with that. But, you know, for a guy like Robbie Ray, who, you know, we've had the issues with him again, you know, any pitcher like that, you know, people are, you know, people are going to go bonkers over, you know, guys like Gosman or, or, you know, anybody else who's coming off of a strong season and, you know, yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm about finding the next the going next to be. Not, yeah, yeah, the next the next Robbie Ray, the next Gossman. That's really, yeah, which is the key. And like I said, it's kind of difficult right now for me. I mean, there are some guys, but it's like, again, the spring really helped me last year um, figuring those guys out. Um, and we don't have that right now. So I'm hoping we have it soon. But, you know, and by the way, with Corbin Burns, which is crazy. He actually should have been better last year, the underlying numbers. He had a 2-4-3 ERA. The X ERA was 2. The FIP was 1-6-3. And the X FIP was 2.30. He allowed seven home runs in 167 innings. That is absolutely fucking ridiculous in today's game. <laughs> 0.38 yeah. homers per nine. His career is 0.86 in a park that we do see some home runs. So... Yeah, he had absolutely insane numbers last year. And I'm trying to remember, did I have, I think I might have had him in a league or two. I know the year before. Um, yeah, I remember. Oh, no. The COVID year, man. Oh, I'm so mad about this. Did an NFBC auction. Absolutely crushed it. Took Burns and Freddie Peralta in the reserve rounds. But that was the year that we did the draft. Uh, and then the COVID was reduced to 60 games. And they basically said, yeah, th this don't count. They just yeah. array. I was like, are you kidding me? The one year that I everything broke right, it was a really good team. Um, and uh partnered with Brian Ambos. And there were times throughout the year, I'm like, could you pull up that Excel sheet? What was our team again? I was like, you know what? Fuck, stop, man. This is depressing. I don't want to hear it anymore. <laughs> you're like a, you're like the 90, what was it? Was it the 94 Expos? Yeah, bro. Exactly. Great comparison. Good pull there. Yeah, that's the way it felt, man. <laughs> I mean, you don't know what's going to happen, but it's like, oh, my God, our reserve round picks hit, our pitchers hit. We got this guy for cheap. I think it was Teoscar Hernandez. Like, all these guys went off, and it was like, oh, man, this shit don't count. <laughs> so frustrating. It's so frustrating. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, you know, for those who who need to – who are drafting, and, you know, it's not even about best ball. Like, all right, so tonight the mixed labor draft is going on right now, right? It's a 15-team snake draft um, for the industry. But, you know, when when you start dealing with players like, you know, 
Ronald Acuna. Like, because you were just saying, you were just saying, you're like, I, I'm, I'm tweaking my rankings right now. But the question is, is, you know, like there's a moratorium on reports. We don't know what's going on with players and their health and coming back. Like you said, like all of a sudden they're going to like spring upon us that, you know, oh, this person's hurt and this person's hurt and this person might not see, you know, start the season on time. Like, do you, I mean, it's obviously a case by case basis, but let's look at some of the players that, that were kind of wondering about, concerned about like Ronald Acuna, right? I mean, the coming off of the knee injury, we, we did hear in January that he was swinging a bat and, you know, and, and he's expected to start the season on time. Um, do you, you know, where, like, what, what do you do with a guy like Acuna? How far do you let him drop before you're like, dude, it's fucking Ronald Acuna. Yeah. Probably late first round. I mean, the issue is how much is he going to run coming off the torn ACL? Are they going to have him be conservative early on? I think he's interesting if the season gets pushed back because the more the season is delayed, the higher he's going to go in the rankings because yeah. it gives him more time. Um, but generally, I've seen him go in the 9 to 15 range of the draft champions leagues that I've done. Um, so, I mean, there's definitely some risk, but but the, you need him to run, though. I mean, he could still be very good, obviously, as a hitter, but if he's only getting you 5 to 10 steals, then it does diminish him a little bit. Um, so yeah, he's a wild card right now. Uh, we but, could look back, but who else, like who else out there is stealing a bunch of bags that, you know, um, that that's also putting up the, the potential power numbers and, and, you know, run scored that, that Acuna is putting up. And that, well, okay. So my active draft now, um, just started it yesterday or two days ago, Acuna went 11th. Right. So, uh, ahead of. But the guys going after him, the bats, you know, Kyle Tucker, Luis Robert, steal bases. Um, then it starts to, then you got Devers who went Albies, Betts, Trout. So I, I look at that point, if he starts the year or just misses a couple weeks, yeah, you'll be fine. Um, and he's a guy that I think you could see rise up the draft board, no doubt. Uh, if it gets pushed back or we get reports, he looks great. He's not limited. He's sprinting well. So I think he's a guy that absolutely can move up. It's the top five, top six, depending on the reports. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, glowing reports is obviously something that you want. Um, you know, I'm looking at the uh, at the the draft board for labor mixed right now. And, um, you know, ninth pick went to Acuna. I was I'm, I'm doing the Raz slam right now. Right. And I had the ninth pick also. And, you know, it got to the point where I was like, all right, I'm looking at the ninth pick and I've got, you know, Acuna, I've got Trout there, or I could go Garrett Cole, um, you know, or Corbin Burns. And I was like, I'm going with, I'm going to go with Acuna because the last reports that I heard were that he was fine. He was, he was looking good and he was, you know, obviously, you know, going to start the season on time. I mean, yeah, I, I could see them obviously limiting how much he runs, but you know, am I going to downgrade him that much? Like, if you were drafting right now and you had Acuna, Tucker, and Lewis Robert sitting on the board in front of you, would you take Tucker and Robert before Acuna? Uh, I think I might with Tucker. Uh, I think Tucker's really good, man. He's got the power, speed, good lineup. Um, 
Um, let me just see something here. Did he? He did hit sixth quite a bit last year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yes. Yeah. So let me see what the what we got here projected right now. <sighs> yeah, that's the issue. Is he could hit, which kind of hurts a little bit, but. I still like him, man. I just think he, he's 25 years old, contributes across the board. It's a pretty good lineup. We'll see if they bring Correa back. Obviously, not penciled in there now, but maybe he can move up a little bit. Because, um, yeah, you got the see, they got the lefty. So it's Altuve, Brantley, Bregman, Alvarez, Yuli, Tucker. So you got righty, lefty, righty, lefty, righty, lefty. Um, so that does hurt him a little bit. You know, you really. But it, the, the offense is so good that it kind of offsets a little bit. So, uh, again, I, if someone wants to take Acuna over him, I have no problem. Okay. All right. Um, what about guys like uh, – well, you know, here you go. How much do you discount guys who haven't signed yet? Like, I mean, listen, Freddie Freeman will hit wherever he hits. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not discounting Freddie Freeman at all because he's just – he's going to hit where he hits. However, you got guys like Trevor Story who steals bases, but he's not going to be in Colorado. Um, Carlos Correa, who, you know, still has a, a good solid stick, but, you know, where does he end up? Like, how much do you discount those guys? Uh, not much. We kind of know what they are. I mean, I think Story is still going to be fine. Uh, obviously, leaving cores will hurt a bit, but we've seen players leave cores and then, still do well. Cause I do think there's like a, a mentality uh, when you're at cores and you don't expect pitches to break much and then you go on the road. So I think getting out of that, now I know his road numbers were at least from an average standpoint, were pretty bad last year, but he had more home runs on the road than at home, 13 on the road, 11 at home. Um, and the stolen bases, I mean, they matter. I mean, he's a guy that I think is going to continue to run. He was 20 out of uh, 26 last year. Shortstop position is very deep. There's so many good shortstops. Um, I have not landed story in a draft yet. Uh, he went uh, third pick of round three in a 15 team league in the league I'm doing now. So he's still expensive, which is probably why I, based on that price right now, I probably won't have him, but I'm not downgrading him. Uh, let me see where I have him ranked. Uh, shortstop is just, it, it's loaded, man. Um, it's so loaded. What was the last time like it, it's been this flush with talent? Oh, I actually have him fourth, but I need to change that because I took Tim Anderson over him in a recent draft. But that's also roster construction. I felt like Anderson kind of fit um, the early build. I mean, Anderson's not going to have as much power, but the runs in that lineup is going to be good. The steals are going to be good. Um, but, yeah, I have him fourth. That's the thing. See, these are it's crazy with rankings. Like I have him and Simi in there, but I won't draft those guys. Like, they're not going to wind up on my team. I know it. Like, Story and Simeon. Like, Simeon's an interesting case because I think I think a lot of people are down on Simeon, and you could understand why. He's leaving Toronto and going to Texas, right? So, clearly, change in ballpark. The one thing about Simeon that stands out that I don't hear a lot of people talk about, the guy plays every day. That accounts for something nowadays. Now, does it mean he's going to get hurt this year? No. But last year, 162. 2020, 53 out of 60, 162 in 2019, 159 in 2018, uh, 17. He had an injury. I don't remember what it was. He played 85 year before that 159, 155. I mean, this guy plays every single day. Um, the problem I have with Simeon is I can get a shortstop with similar numbers, 
several rounds later, in my opinion. He had 45 home runs last year. He clearly is not going to do that again. I think the power is legit because he he had 33 home runs in 2019 playing in Oakland. So yeah, I was just going to say, like, he, I mean, he can I, hit 30. I don't know. I, you know, the, the the thing about it is with Simeon, to me, it's um, it's it's not so much about the change in ballpark because, like you just said, I mean, Oakland, you know, is uh, it, it's it's crap, man. Oakland is, uh, you know, it's a it's a big big pitcher's ballpark. It always has been. Um, so, you know, yeah, you might've seen the power uptick there, but you know, I'm not going to sit there and like totally, you know, poo poo the move to Texas just because the ballpark's weak, because he did show that he can hit for power. Um, when he's, uh, you know, when he's in a, in a park like that, I think the problem for me with, with Simeon this year is that, you know, it's like, who's, who's in the lineup with him? Like, Aside from Corey Seager, this Texas lineup is shit, dude. Like you know, you've got Jonah Heim as the catcher, Nate Nate Lowe is the uh, is at first base, Simeon's at second, Seager's at short, Kiner Falifa is at third. Then you've got an outfield of Nick Solak, Adolis Garcia, and possibly Eli White. You got Willie Calhoun as a as a a potential DH. I mean. The the lineup around him is kind of garbage. And that's one of the things that, you know, kind of bums me out. If he's protection for Seeger, they're gonna pitch around. They're, they're, you know, then then they're gonna end up pitching around him because what? The, the, they'll attack Nate Lowe or Kiner Falefa before they attack Marcus Simeon. Yeah, so the counting stats are are probably gonna be affected by, you know, Vlad, Bichette, Teoscar, Springer last year. It's a completely different lineup. Um, he's not going to hit 45 home runs, but that's not saying anything outlandish. He could still hit 30. Uh, he mm -hmm. steals bases too. you know, 15 steals last year. He's had double digit steals, um, in every year since 2015, excluding 2020 in the shortened season, uh, his sprint speed is uh 87th percentile. So the problem I have is the price, man. He's going in the third round of a lot of drafts. And I just feel like, why do I have to take Semyon? In round three, when I can wait and get some shortstops later on that put up similar numbers. So in, in every draft, too, you're going to see. I mean, we're seeing a labor tonight. He went in um, middle of round three. So I know it's a 15-team league, but. Oh, do you, have, you have the draft board up? Yeah. Oh, all right. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, then we're going to we're going to let's talk a little bit about this draft board in conjunction with the conversation we're already having. But let's take a quick first you know, little time out here uh, and thank our sponsors. And when Adam and I come back off of this quick commercial break, then uh, we'll, we'll talk about it. three rounds in the book in a 15 team. This is the first big industry draft of 2022. Uh, so we'll hit you with that when we return uh, here on Annie Up. All right, Adam. Here we go. Looking at this uh, this draft board here. I, you know, always nice when you when you get to take a look at a draft board. I mean, obviously, you know, when we start doing um, the auctions for you know labor and tout, uh, totally different ball of wax. But always kind of good to see where everybody's at with uh, with a number of these guys. Um, and for those following at home, I don't have a link for you. I'll, I'll have one. By it's our it's rtsports.com slash labor l a b r. Oh, as easy as that. As easy as that. Um, 
All right, so let's uh, let's go through it here. First round, Trey Turner, uh, Jose Ramirez, Fernando Tatis, Juan Soto, Bo Bichette. Those are your first five picks. Uh, thoughts? Um, nothing crazy. I mean, it's generally what I've seen. Uh, sometimes I see Tatis go one. Uh, Soto has fallen in some because of the lack of speed. Uh, Bichette gets some steals. You're seeing Vlad go in this range again, lack of steals. But you know what? I think that's more NFBC centric and draft champions, which um, this is a standalone league with trading. So you don't need to worry about speed as much because you can make trades. So you got to keep that in mind. I mean, Vlad is just a four stud category player, man. So, and same thing with Soto and Soto, obviously an OBP is just insane. So you do have to keep that in mind that it is a redraft league. And with speed being down as well, you don't need as much to compete. So I know there's a lot of focus on getting the stolen bases. And yeah, you ideally want to get it with your first round pick because it just gives you a nice base and you don't feel like you're chasing. And now you don't have to get these guys with no power and speed. Um, but, you know, it, because of that, you do see some of these four category elite players sometimes slide just a little bit. They can slide to me all day long. Um, Interesting statement uh, made by uh, Jim Bowden on the Fantasy Alarm Show today. He's more comfortable taking Ronald Acuna or Mike Trout than he is Fernando Tatis Jr. He gets, you know, obviously there's depth at shortstop. Um, but he, he started talking about Tatis's shoulder injury, which we know his shoulder can pop out. He didn't have any kind of surgery to to fix or correct or help it in any way, shape, or form. Um, you think Soto at a, is a is a not so uh, Tatis is a a bigger risk for injury uh, than the others? I'm still taking it, man. I mean, we heard the same thing last year, and the doctors were saying, "Oh, he's a risk," and he kept going out and playing. Now it doesn't mean it can't happen again. But man, his what he has done on like a per game level and per 162 is just absolutely insane, man. So. I'll take the risk. I took him last year in top wars picking three and uh, not the main reason, but he helped me win the league. I mean, he, in 130 games last year, he had 42 homers, 25 steals, 99 runs, 97 ribbies, hit 282 of the 364 OBP, man. So, yeah, I'm, I'm taking him early still just because he can fill up uh, the categories. And I know I would think that the doctors know what they're doing if they told them not to have the surgery. Right. So um, I'm, I'm still taking them. I took them third in a recent draft and uh, yeah, I'm taking them in the top three. So I'm okay. not, I'm not concerned. No hesitation. Um, all right. The next five picks off the board again, there's a 15 teamer Bryce Harper. And this is also, this is five by five uh, regular Roto. It's average again, instead of OBP. Um, Bryce Harper, Vlad Guerrero Jr., Mookie Betts, Ronald Acuna Jr., and Kyle Tucker. Yeah, nothing, nothing real surprising here. Generally, what we've seen, Betts maybe a little bit earlier than I'm seeing um, in some of my leagues because uh, he's going in the second round in some NFBC Draft Champions leagues. Now I know he had a lot of injuries last year. So you could look and go, okay, you know, just some injuries. If he's coming out healthy, great Dodgers lineup. Uh, 
has it didn't run as much last year. You know, it was 10 of 15 on the base pass. Power is down. RBIs were way down as well. Uh, but you'd expect him to be better uh, and a guy that could contribute across the board. So, but I've, I've seen him go in the second round of a lot of drafts. Okay. All right. And then the back five, Lewis Robert, Garrett Cole, Ozzy Albies, Corbin Burns, Mike Trout. That rounds up the uh, the, the first round there. Um, you know, again, I mean, to each his own. Whoa, Ray Flowers took Garrett Cole. Ray Flowers, who never takes a pitcher first, right, ends up taking a pitcher. Yeah, I mean, that's probably because he didn't expect them to be there because what he had pick uh, 12, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, Cole usually goes uh, way earlier. So he was probably, my guess is he was probably surprised, didn't expect him to be there and felt like, okay, well, looking at the bats available, um, let me take Cole because Cole usually goes top five in the NFBC. And I know NFBC puts a little bit more premium on pitching. Um, you see that when you compare NFBC ADP to home league ADP or the sites or even the industry league drafts, the pitchers always go higher. But, you know, Cole, I guess there's a perception that he had a, a, a bad year last year because he went he struggled late. But the guy had a three two three ERA, struck out 243 in 181 and third innings, still at a 1.06 whip. So he, he did have a, a very good year. It's just, I guess, the expectations because we saw his ERA under three for three straight years, and we didn't see it last year. But um, Cole, for me, is still my number one pitcher. Cole, for you, is still your number one pitcher. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. Um, all right, so that's how the first round went. Second round uh, starts off Walker Bueller to pair with Trout, Raphael Devers to pair with Corbin Burns, uh, Jordan Alvarez, uh, your boy uh, Rudy Gamble from Rasball takes Jordan Alvarez along with Ozzy Albies, was his uh, first pick. Freddie Freeman goes to Ray Flowers, and then Manny Machado uh, to Alan Harrison, the fantasy fix. Again, no real surprises for me here at all. Um, Alvarez a little bit early compared to his ADP, but I love the guy, man. I was so mad in my last, uh, I did, I had, did get him so far. And then this current draft, I mean, have pick one in a 15 team league. And he went one pick before me. I was like, you gotta be kidding. Alvarez, man, especially if you can pair him up with a guy that gets speed in the first round, this guy's just an elite hitter. We talked about the Astros lineup. Uh, I, I, I could see 40 home runs from him. I mean, he had 33 and 144 games last year. Uh, batting average was 277. He's a career 290 hitter. Uh, just not going to get you steals, but four category stud, man. And I, I don't know if we've seen his ceiling yet. So my guess is Rudy is higher on him than others. Good to know for my tout draft, although it probably won't matter. Um, <laughs> it won't matter because I have first crack at, as winning the league of what my draft choice is. And I'm probably going to take one. I mean, most people do. So he's not going to, uh, yeah, now I know he won't make it back. So Rudy will be picking in that draft. So uh, that means I won't get him. Yeah. No. Oh, as OBP is a little bit lower than, so maybe not. If he takes OBP heavily into account, he was 346 last year. So it's average. I mean, there's guys that are better, but interesting to know. Um, 
but yeah, I like Alvarez a lot. So who would you take did, with the first? Who, you you first pick? You locked in? You who is? No, it? I didn't do it yet. They didn't they didn't request it, but um, I have. You have first pick of where you draft. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I'll probably right. take one. And and that player put which puts who in in your team? Um, e- either Tatis or Turner. I mean, you could make a case for Soto because it's OBP. Yeah. Um, but the lack of speed is a little, you know, I want to get some speed with my first pick if I can. Uh, but man, <laughs> I got to, I got to map this out because Soto, so BP last year was 465, man. It's 432 for his career. He did steal nine bases. Um, he did get caught seven times, but man, because remember there was talk last year, like, oh, he's going to run more. And we're like, wow, if he gets 15 steals, that's going to be big. And he got caught seven times. So but man, you really do have to take a hard look at Soto though in an OBP league, man, because you're you're penciling in probably four forty four fifty OBP. That is an immense advantage, man. Huge, immense, immense. Huge. It allows you to do so much, um, and which is why we always see Trout go very high in the OBP leagues. And I actually took Tatis over Trout last year, and I'm sure people were like, "Wow, really an OBP league?" But I wanted the speed, and Trout doesn't really run anymore. Um, so I have. I have to think about it. I mean, Turner, obviously, flexibility, second and short, um, helps across the board. You know, Turner is a guy that I never loved for a while. I always see him going to first round. I'm like, why? Where's the power? And, I would, you know, he hit leadoff for a while. So we never really saw, like, I don't think people realize this. I don't know if you're looking at his stats. Do you know what the most RBIs Trey Turner has ever had in the season without looking? Um, I'm going to probably say it's somewhere in the – 60 to 65 range. No, you should. I guess I asked the question wrong and you shot too low. Uh, 77 last year. Okay. I mean, for a guy that's a perennial first round pick, I mean, it's just so low. Now, he also did get traded to the Dodgers. So he's in a better lineup. But though, finally, the power came because we never seen him hit more than 20 home runs and he had 28 last year. Damn, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't be taking this guy one. <laughs> In the last draft that I did. Oh, man. <laughs> See, there's the oh, process, no, people. Here's, That's the here's, process right there. No, but here's the big thing, too. And I, I think I saw this, too. And I didn't. He hit now 2020, obviously, condensed season. He hit 335. He hit 328 last year. So when you're talking batting averagely, that is a huge advantage because you're getting a guy with a lot of at bats. Um, he's He had health issues early, but 148 last year, 59 out of 60 the year before. 122 and 19, 162 in 2018. So he plays a lot. And at the Dodgers lineup, you know, you're talking about six, you know, 600 at bats, 650 of a three. I mean, I, you're not going to project them to hit 328, but he's certainly going to hit 300. Um, it's not, it wasn't batting average of balls in play induced. He had a 362 battle last year. His career marks 344. He doesn't strike out a lot. So that, that batting average in a roto league, yeah. Um, but yeah, you are playing a little catch up in RBIs. Uh, the runs will be there. Power's good. He had 32 steals last year, only caught five times. So again, it all depends on how you want to build your roster. I probably will not take him one in an OBP league. Um, hmm, damn, man. So that's why I'm like, oh, do I take the third pick then and just pick out of Turner, Tatis, Soto, Jose Ramirez? I don't know. I got to figure it Whichever out. one's left. <laughs> yeah, I got to figure that out. All right. Well. Let's uh, we'll get back to this draft then while Adam stews about this one. Uh, when last we left off was Machado. Then we got a little pitcher run here. Brandon Woodruff 
Um, this is the sixth pick of the second round. Brandon Woodruff, Jacob deGrom, Max Scherzer, Shohei Otani, uh, and then Starling Marte. So Marte uh, up there for the speed. Um, yeah, I don't like the Marte pick. I'm off Marte this year. I hope ooh. I'm wrong, obviously, because he's going to the Mets. But it's just, yeah, you are drafting for the speed. But he had 47 stolen bases last year. That's clearly not going to happen again. He's had injuries throughout his career. Um, he played 120 games last year. Doesn't have big-time power. And now he's going to a ballpark that is not great for power hitters. Um, you're not going to get a lot of RBIs out of him. Uh, now, I think the Mets lineup should be good, so he'll get runs. Obviously, his average is pretty good, 289 career hitter, but you're just paying for speed here. And in this format, where there are trades, and I, I, I'm not taking Starling Marte in the close to the mid-second round. I'm just not doing it. All right. Stefania Bell grabbed Marte. She gets no speed out of Bryce Harper, so she's got some power, and then she's got a little speed there um, as well. Um no real complaints about the pitching here that went beforehand. Um, you know, are you, if DeGrom falls, like let's say you're picking in the middle of the second round, man, if DeGrom falls to you there, do you grab him? Do you, you just can't pass him up? You got to take that shot. Um, I was going to, I was going to have to make that call in a couple leagues and he kind of didn't make it to me. Um, yeah, they'll draft him in now. He actually went third pick of round two. Uh, the guy went Bueller DeGrom. So it's tough right now because if we knew DeGrom was healthy, he's clearly the number one pitcher, right? And he's a first round pick, locked it in based on what we saw. But there's just, I, I think he's probably okay. I think the Mets obviously were out of it. There was no need to bring him back, but it is the Mets, right? So it is. We, can't, we can't, we can't trust it. So he's another guy too, right? He's the perfect example too. If spring starts, and DeGrom's out there, and he's throwing 97, 98, 99. He's a first-round pick. He, automatically, he's going to go in the, you know, maybe for some people, no, they're like, oh, I'm still worried. But once we see him on the field throwing, and especially multiple times, and he's got good velocity, and he's fine, he shoots up, and he yeah. goes to the number one pitcher on the board. Yeah, I agree with you. I definitely agree with you on that. Um, all right, back end of the uh, of the second round, Tim Anderson. Zach Wheeler, um, Cedric Mullins, Teoscar Hernandez, and Aaron Judge. So, I mean, I don't know how I feel about Zach Wheeler as a second-round starting pitcher. Even you know, even, even here, if you if you see all the pitching, you know, get scooped up, I just just don't know if I'm moving for Zach Wheeler. But you know, here we go, Cedric Mullins. Um, I loved Cedric Mullins last year. I definitely did, but. You know, 30-30s coming off a career year. They're moving the fences back in Baltimore. It's still the fucking Orioles. Um, I just don't know how I feel about Cedric Mullins um, as a second-round pick, even in a 15-teamer. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, now they're moving the fences back in left field. He's a lefty, so it shouldn't hurt him as much. Um, he went, you know, gave up switch hitting last year. Obviously, that helped. Um a lot of what his underlying numbers, there's nothing that looks like, oh, yeah, this is just major regression coming. Like, everything looks pretty good. Right. But you're paying, yeah, you're paying for what he did last year. So um, I have not drafted him yet, but his sprint speed is the 86th percentile. Um, a lot of hard hit balls. Um, 
average exit velocity is middle of the pack, 51 percentile, Bauer rate 46. So nothing, there's nothing like great here, but nothing that screams, oh yeah, he's definitely going to pull back. But yeah, it is tough because you're paying for, for last year. And I don't think you can predict 30-30 again. Uh, he only had 59 RBIs last year too. So you got to take that into account, but everything else, uh, you know, 291 average. So I'm probably not paying that price for him. I hate the end, like this two, three turn. I don't like a lot of these guys here, man. They're just <laughs> like, to me, they don't belong there. And you're, you're like, well, I got to take someone. Right. But they don't belong there. That's why I think you're seeing Mullins go there. Cause like, who do you feel great about there? Like I did take Teoscar Hernandez on the two, three turn picking one. I like him, but I mean, I don't feel great taking him there, but it was really like, well, I don't really love anyone else. I mean, Tasker, I, I believe in the power. He had 116 RBIs last year. He stole 12 bases. He's always had the ability to run. Uh, it's a great lineup, but like who else is there that you're like, oh yeah, that's a, I mean, Aaron Judge, injury risk. I do like Nola if you're looking for pitcher, they'd be better. I know Whit Merrifield is good every year, but we're starting to see some of those underlying numbers go down. Julio Urias, I like. Robbie Ray, third round, no way. And then Josh Hader, and that's why I think you're seeing the closest goal early. Uh, you see it more in draft champions, but I, I actually could see the case for Hader here because you go, who are you passing on that you love? As far as bats after it's the first name, it's the first name that popped up in my in my head when you said you don't like the two, three turn. Who would you take? And, you know, I I would take Hader over all these guys over Wheeler, um, Mullins, Teoscar, Aaron Judge, Nola, Merrifield. And, you know, I'm not like some big like proponent of, you know, you got to grab your closers early. Although, you know, it's it's starting to to trend back that way. Out of that third round there, the guys who, you know, Josh Hader, um, possibly Xander Bogarts, um, Matt Olson. Like, those are the three guys who, if I were picking, if I, you know, had that, like, first top three pick um, and, and ended up with either Turner, Ramirez, Tatis Jr., um, yeah, Hader. Bogarts and uh, and and Olson would be the guys I, I'd be eyeballing there. Yeah, I just I just don't love any of them, so that's why I'm looking when I'm picking one. I'm like, I don't really love this here in this area. <laughs> right? Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Um, it should be interesting, but yeah, you know, you look at this third round here: Robbie Ray, Shane Bieber. Liam Hendricks, Julio Uriah. I just, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think the back end of the, I think these, everybody who drafted in the, in the back end of here, the third round, I I feel like they just got better value for guys like Bogarts, Olsen, even Story, Giolito, Seager. Yeah. The thing is though, usually you're not getting speed with your first round pick. I mean, always you do at 10. Um, Trout just doesn't run as much anymore. And you, you legitimately Robert, have Lewis, Lewis, Robert right there. Right. But then that was at what, uh, 11. Yeah. But the back end, you're not getting much. Um, you know, even with all you get Alvarez, no speed. Yeah. 
So that's that's why I mean that's why people want to pick at the top because Turner's going to steal bases, Ramirez is going to steal bases, Tatis is going to steal bases, Bichette's going to steal, Acuna if he's healthy, Tucker, Robert. So that's why you see those guys go. You know, some people are like, why is Tucker a first round pick? Well, he's going to steal bases, and he contributes across the board. So again, though, in a redraft league, you can trade, you can you don't need to be first in the category. I think it becomes more of a a topic of conversation in draft champions leagues, which are leagues that you can't make any waiver wire moves and an NFBC main event where you're going for an overall title and you need balance. But I know most of our audience plays in standalone leagues. So I don't think you need to push the speed to an absurd level. Yes. It helps to get someone early in the first round if you can, but I don't think you need to go crazy with it. Uh, I will concur. I will concur. Um, all right. Well, you know, I don't want to bounce around this entire draft. Uh, you know, leave something for some, something for later on in the uh, in 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 the uh, in the week for us. We can kind of cherry pick a couple of things, like picking on Byron Buxton being taken in the fifth round. Uh, I tell you, that guy. I'll bet you Byron Buxton gets hurt this year. Um, that would be a pretty good bet. I mean, look, <laughs> if this if this guy can just give us 140 games, man, and I know we haven't seen it since 2017. He 61 games last year, 19 homers, 32 ribbies, 50 runs, nine stolen bases. Dude, he was amazing to start the season last year. Amazing. Yeah, I know. It's just and you do you do wonder. It's like been around a while now and he's only played 100 games once so you got to go to certain part like well his body is just not built you know it could be a, a lot of things too he just might not have the right diet he maybe eats a lot of sugar there's so many things that we just don't know um because i think it was it yoan Moncada who i saw who eats a ton of sugar and maybe that's why he sucks um you I, know i also think I, obviously byron buxton he he also he plays all out like he always leaves it on the field He'll he'll lay out for for fly balls. He'll go up against the wall. He'll he'll slide hard into you know. He'll he'll make plays, and 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 you got to respect that, right? I definitely respect that, but it also puts you at risk now for you know more day to day injuries, and and I think that's really kind of what happens with Buxton. I mean, you look at it, you know where where what are the big in injuries that he's had? It's obviously it's the knee. He's had the shoulder from fucking going up against the wall. A he, bunch. Had a, he had a cavity last year, right? Or a tooth. He had a tooth issue that kept him out. He did have a tooth issue last year. Uh, you know, <laughs> he is he's so tantalizing because, again, it depends on your risk tolerance. Like someone like you, I know, is just like, I'm not taking him. Like the price is not worth it. Like you would consider him in around nine or ten, correct? Yes. But not. What's the earliest? Seven, eight yeah, in a 15 probably. team? Yeah, I'll okay. never, I'll never own him right now. Yeah, and he goes in, the, in, in this one. He went in the fifth round. Um, I mean, I see both sides to it. It really depends on your risk, like because it's easy. Because I know what's going to happen. He'll get hurt. You'll be like, I told you. Why don't you take him? But I get why people do because if he somehow does play 140 games, he could be a first round pick. Like he could. I mean, based on what we saw last year. I mean, last year was insane. I'll take him in. I'll take him in in a, in a in a contest that has an overall. Because if he hits, then great. But if he right, doesn't, if he doesn't it's like okay. Oh well. Uh, he's I, like your consummate G. He's a, he's your classic GPP play. 
Yes. Um, yeah, I haven't taken him yet. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do with him. Um, probably won't have him, but again, it depends on the, on the league where he goes. I'm trying to, let me see. Oh, I didn't, I got a outfield. I probably have him in the top 20 of outfields. I would think, let me see real quick. Yeah. 18th. Um, might have to lower him a little bit, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it kind of gets doesn't we- really Outfield gets doesn't weaker. really look particularly deep either. It's not when you start to go down the board and you're like, mm, it's a lot of a lot of question marks there. So, yeah. <laughs> and you know, you're talking 15 team league where you got to start five. You know, it can be tough. I mean, that fifth round Tyler O'Neill, oh, sixth he- round Brian Reynolds. Reynolds, yeah, he was very good last year. I don't. Really, I mean, he shouldn't go there, um, but I think a, the average fantasy player doesn't realize how good Reynolds was last year. Guy hit 302, 24 homers, 90 RBIs, 93 runs, and five stolen bases in a bad Pirates lineup. 390 OBP. It's a good player, but that definitely seems, I mean, I don't, he doesn't even go that high in the NFBC, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, yeah, I don't. I think he's more, if I'm not, maybe I'm bugging, but I thought he's more like an eighth, ninth round pick. Yeah, his ADP in the NFBC is 100.7. So, yeah, someone definitely. Well, he'll, uh, he'll start on Fred Zinke's team, but there's no chance he ends on Fred Zinke's team. Oh, because he I, trades so much. I've Zinke. never played in a league with him. Oh, yeah. Oh, but dude. I know. I'm well aware. <laughs> and he's got a very good track record in the uh, expert leagues. Yes, he does. Yes, he definitely does. Um, all right, folks, you can check out this draft board. Again, Adam said it. It's uh, rtsports.com slash L-A-B-R. That's it, labor. And uh, you can check out that draft board in, indeed. Um, I love talking baseball, man. I could do it for hours and hours on end, but we won't for today. And then tomorrow we got – uh, we got a nice treat for you. Adam's going to be uh, updating his futures article, the NBA second half of the season. Uh, well, I mean, we're more than halfway through, but nevertheless, uh, Adam's going to regale us with uh, all sorts of NBA action. So, again, you don't want to miss it. And then who knows? Maybe the uh, maybe the lockout will end and we'll have more baseball to talk about as well. Fingers crossed, Adam. Lockout ends this week. You think so? No, I don't think it's okay. going to. I'm just trying to cross my fingers here. <laughs> well, yeah, let's hope so, man. We need it. Right? That's what I'm saying. You know what? It's like like read the secret, right? Put that out there in the universe. Let's put it out there in the universe that uh, these chuckleheads will come to their fucking senses and, uh, and help us out. Get this season going on time. In the meantime, thank you so much, everybody, for listening, liking, subscribing, all the fun stuff there. Adam and I will be back tomorrow. Thank you so much. For Adam Ronis, I'm Howard Bender. Catch you next time.